Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we we just uh, surrender this time to you. Uh, We ask that you would speak through us by the power of the Holy Spirit and that you would connect our hearts to what you're saying to us and to our greater Peoria House of Prayer ministry and also beyond into the greater Peoria community and, and, you know, well beyond that even. We just, we want to know what you're saying and we know that we hear in part, we know in part, we know we're just getting a little piece of the fuller picture, but we, we want to pay attention to what you're highlighting to us. And so I pray for grace to not only communicate what is on your very heart, Lord Jesus, but give us ears to hear as well and tenderize our hearts because we don't want to have that hardened, unbelieving heart. We want to have that tender, faith-filled heart to receive what you're doing and saying. I pray for your anointing tonight on the speaking and hearing of your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, amen. Well, my love, I'm going to give you the mic and you share that dream and just whatever's on your heart. All right. Check on this real quick. All right. So I had a dream back in August of 2020 and in the dream... Um, I was looking on a scene, and in the scene there was this long, beat-up red car, and there was a bunch of people in the car, and there was a string attached to the front of it, and it was being pulled along nice and gently, just like this, and then all of a sudden I see that string go up, which caused the car to go from this to this, so the wheels were touching the back wheels were the only things touching the ground. The front wheels were up, off the ground. And the people in the car were just, the faces were obviously of surprise. There was, I could tell there was a sense of fear, a sense of just what is happening. And before I saw the car tilt upwards, I felt in my spirit the Lord put this phrase in my heart, he said, I'm going to wake up my church in a way that they do not expect. And then that is when the car goes like upright. And I didn't see God, I didn't see him pulling the car, but I knew that it was him, that he was the one orchestrating this. And so I just know from my dream, God is just highlighting to us that God is going to be waking up his church in an unexpected way, in a way that's unconventional, in a way that we don't, we can't really imagine or understand. And it will cause just this, this surprise, you know, and it will cause us to, to be awakened. And that's God's heart. He wants us to be awakened to what he's doing. You know, he wants us to, he wants our heart. He wants to, 
us to seek after him. And he wants us like when things start to shake in our lives, he wants us to reach out and, and, and call upon him, you know, and, you know, obviously the years 2020, 2021, 2022, I mean, there's just a shaking going on and Derek's going to touch more on that in a minute. And so we can't, we can't just, we have to realize like there's seriously a shaking going on that we need to understand. And so we have really two options that in our, in our response to the Lord, when things like that happen, when things are unexpected around us that happen, we can one, we can get offended or we can choose to trust God and trust his leadership in our lives. And I'm going to have you guys turn to Haggai 2, chapter 6 and 7. All right. Sorry, you're my Bible. You turn there for me. (laughs) All right, so it says, verse 6, says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry lands, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, so from this verse, what's going to happen? God is going to shake heaven and earth. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And why? What's the purpose of God shaking everything? What's the purpose? It's so that all our foundation that's not founded in the word of God and is unbiblical, that that could be rooted up and that we could have a firm foundation and that's built, um, you know, that's built so that when the waves come and the winds come and beat on our house, like we will be strong, we will be founded on the rock. And so he wants to lay that new foundation in our lives that's rooted in truth. So sometimes he will shake things up in our own lives. He'll shake things up in the church, the preconceived ideas that we have about who God is, you know, all the incorrect thoughts that we have about him or about the church or about ourselves in general. Like he wants us to know the truth. And so sometimes that shaking will cause the stuff that in our lives that is shakable, that is movable to be moved, to be uprooted so that we would truly have a firm foundation. We would be founded on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. And one other thing too, I want to point out here is that, um, in Haggai, it says, so I will shake the nations and they will, I will will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I'll fill this temp, fill this temple with glory. I love that. So God is shaking the heaven and earth, the sea, the dry land, all nations, and that and that will produce us to come to the desire of all nations. That's Jesus. And then that will cause the temple to be filled with glory. I mean, how many times do we cry out, Lord, fill this place with your glory? You know, come Holy Spirit. We want you. We want more of you. And sometimes that shaking, like when God shakes things, it moves our hearts. Like he wants our hearts. He wants us to come to him and to dialogue about what's going on around the earth. You know, he wants us to pursue him in a relationship and that's really what, it, what he's after. And so he will allow things to happen because he truly, he truly wants us and he wants um, just our, our understanding of who he is to be, um, to be right and for us to view him you know, rightly, that he is the Lord of hosts, a God that is good, he's faithful and true. And that's, 
is a little interpretation of my dream. Derek's going to share a little bit here. Okay. I just love that you uh, you guys have found each other as friends. <laughs> <laughs> Renee and Gloria, you guys are going to grow up to be BFFs. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, so we're talking about expecting the unexpected and how that's kind of, I would say, one of the major themes of this dream. Would you agree with that? That in this, again, you you have dreams frequently that we just kind of talk about at home. But this one, this was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I actually just today realized that I preached a message called Expecting the Unexpected in 2019. Then you had a dream in 2020. So I got this message expecting the unexpected a few months before the pandemic began. No one knew the pandemic was going to begin. So I preached that. A few months later, the pandemic starts. Then seven or eight months into the pandemic, would you say? Or how? how where, at what point in 2020 did you? August. August of 2020, you preach. No, or no, you have the dream. And then the next year, you talk about awakening the heart. Okay, and I feel as if the the spirit is saying, think back on these because it's it's important for the days ahead. I feel like the Lord wanted to give us a heads up that there's unexpected things that are going to continue to happen. We we saw that. I have a few things written down. The point of me saying all that is is the is the expectations we all have related to what we think God's going to do. Because if you talk to anybody who is in the faith camp or the revival camp, or they're all, yeah, revival's coming, and, and I, I, I hope and believe it is. I really do. And I think a, a historic revival is coming. And yet, I think we all, without even knowing it, we expect it to be a certain way, like the one we heard about, or the one that, you know, we, that will make our services more fun or what we're all expecting something. And I feel like what the Lord has been talking to us about is it's not going to be what you're expecting. And this is really challenging because when it's not what we expect, we often say, well, then it's not of God. And there's a test in that. Almost always when there's a revival, it's always got layers of things we didn't expect. In fact, you know, I've been studying the Azusa Street Revival, which was led by an African-American man during a time where that was, that was just considered, you know, that, that was something that was, it seemed impossible to people because of uh, the very strong segregation during that time. And, and yet the Lord chose an African-American gentleman, William Seymour, and he was known to be a very meek and humble man who let the spirit move. And I feel like that's what the Lord, he will use anyone. I just, uh, I just remembered today the first person that Jesus appeared to and said, I'm alive. I want you to go tell my disciples. Who was it? It was Mary Magdalene, the one who had seven demons. And so you would think, this is 
this is an unlikely person. You know, everybody knew that Mary Magdalene, I mean, the Bible actually says she had seven demons. I don't even know how, like, how do you get five or six or, I mean, I just, I think it's interesting how the Bible taught, like, who, who counted that day? But apparently, seven demons came out of her, but you wouldn't think the Lord would use her to tell the apostles that he's alive, but he did. And so throughout, throughout the biblical narrative, throughout church history, the Lord, he uses the unexpected person, the unexpected church, the unexpected ministry. He does the unexpected. And, and then I've been thinking about just on a macro level, just what's been going on in the world. I mean, if we think about this idea of what are we expecting? Well, if you backtrack a few years to the middle of 2019, nobody on planet Earth was saying, well, maybe we're going to have a pandemic soon. Not a soul. There wasn't a whisper. Any prophet I ever heard talking about anything was, was just, there was nobody that knew a pandemic was coming. So we have at the very end of 2019, and then it starts to ramp up in 2020, a sudden shift in the earth. I mean, that came out of nowhere. That was unexpected. A global pandemic shuts everything down. That happens. And then we have a presidential transition. So many voices were saying, another Trump presidency. Well, it was a Biden presidency. That was unexpected to a lot of believers. And a a lot of prophetic people in particular, that was a shock to the system. And then there's the insurrection. That was another, like, who saw that happening? And so you've got the pandemic, then you've got this presidential transition. And, you know, a lot of Christians we knew were like, yeah, it's definitely going to be Trump. We hear the Lord saying it, and they were wrong. And so you've got this unexpected. Then there's the social unrest with the George Floyd incident. No one saw this coming. I mean, there was huge protests and a national uproar. And this is all happening at the same time. This is out of nowhere. And then fast forward a little bit, there's, you know, no one saw what was happening in Afghanistan. Uh, You know, we pull out our troops and suddenly the Taliban takes over the country instantly and it's a total shift in the country. Same with Ukraine and Russia. No, I mean, I've, I've paid attention. I've, I've, I've listened to people. I mean, there was very few people who really thought this was going to happen where Russia was really going to invade Ukraine, even top officials, even people that knew what they were talking about this is unexpected. And so there's almost a macro trend of these things just keep happening. And yet the Lord is orchestrating things to reach his church. And he's, he's moving things. And he's saying, I want you to pay attention. This is going to continue. This pattern of unexpected things is going to continue. And it will continue until the return of Jesus one day. But we can't, we can't get to a point where the only thing we're going to accept is what we've expected. Because it's going to be different. The revival is going to be different than we expected. The culture is going to be different. The way God's moved. It's just, I think what we're trying to say is we feel the Holy Spirit saying, probably more clearly than we've ever sensed anything, we're going to see more and more unexpected things. And we're not here to say, you know, some big statement. We just, we feel that both the negative dynamics, so to speak, and the positive dynamics, they're both going to have an element of didn't see that coming. 
We think the glory of God is coming at a level we don't expect. We think the troubles in the nations are coming at a level we don't expect. And most, if you talk to people, if you're honest, they just kind of go, oh, we just hope it all goes away and we just kind of have nice services again and a nice life. But I feel like what the Spirit's saying is, don't expect that because it's going to be unexpected. A lot of people are kind of going, peace and safety, we want it. I don't think that's coming. I think what we're going to see is unexpected troubles and unexpected triumphs, unexpected difficulties and unexpected glories are both, they're going to continue to come. And we, we want to have the courage to say, this is what we feel is coming. The Lord checked us in 2019 and said, the unexpected is coming and boom, the pandemic. And then all these things start happening. And I just touched on a few there. I mean, there's way more, but now I want you to jump in, Mandy, go ahead. Amen. Well, I love what Derek, you said about God uses the unexpected person or the unlikely people because you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be super eloquent. Like God will use you in your weakness and your brokenness. He uses you in your eloquence. No, I, I'm not. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, because I'm not eloquent or a Bible scholar, but the Lord is faithful to use us even, even when we feel weak and broken. All right, so if you guys have your Bibles or your phones, turn to Matthew 25. (laughs) We'll we'll just, okay. (laughs) Yep, turn to Matthew 25, honey. (laughs) All right, we'll just read it to you. All right, so I'm not going to read the whole parable, but I feel like this is a parable that God has just been highlighting to me, um, and I want to tie this parable into my dream also. But basically, this is the parable of, this is right after uh, you know, the very famous passage, Matthew 24, where it's the signs of the times and the end of the age. And so Jesus is continuing his sermon on the signs of the times and the end of the age, and he shares this parable, and he really he's emphasizing just a a call to readiness, even in the face of unexpected delay. Right. And so we have, or in the Bible, there, ha- there is five uh, wise virgins, and then there's five foolish virgins. And what I find interesting is that they both were not expecting his, the bridegroom's delay. Right. It says that but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. They all did. And so they were all, you know, they weren't expecting it. Not that that's wrong or anything. It's just they weren't expecting it. But there was a difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. The wise virgins were the ones that were ready. They were the ones that had the oil of intimacy in their lamps. So oil, I've always, I hear it um, likened to as uh, the intimacy with God, like just our relationship with him. And the lamps signify ministry. And so the foolish virgins, they just had their lamps. They just prioritized their ministry. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus or have, they didn't cultivate that oil of intimacy with the Lord. But the wise virgins, they prioritized that oil and they prioritized being with him. And so because of that, when the bridegroom came, they were ready. They went out to meet him. It says in verse 10, and while they went out to buy, this is talking about the foolish virgins, they went out to buy oil because they didn't have any. The bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. So those who were ready 
went in with him. So they were ready. They were prepared. And I know my heart is, Lord, I want to be prepared for when you return. Like I want to have oil of intimacy. I want to prioritize that. And, you know, they didn't just sit around and, and give up or throw in the towel and say, I'm just, you know, the bridegroom is delaying. Let's just forget this. Let's, let's go do something else. They decided to keep on pursuing that oil of intimacy. And so that's so easy for us to, you know, maybe get discouraged or lose heart after year after year and just think, oh man, you know, probably the Lord's not coming back for a while or, you know, is it really worth it to keep on pursuing Jesus? It is. Keep the faith, keep running the race of endurance that God has called us to run. And so wisdom is prioritizing the oil of intimacy above ministry and it's, and foolishness is basically having a ministry, but no oil. So intimacy prepares you for the delay. It gets you through the delay with a, a vibrant heart. And, you know, no one was expecting Jesus's delay to take 2000 years, <laughs> but it's, it's been that long since he was born and died and everything. It's just, it's been a, a, a while. Benjamin Franklin says, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. That's pretty. Franklin in there. <laughs> Amen. Okay. One other thing yeah. uh, I want to share too is Matthew 24, 42 says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour you do not expect. So basically, guys, if the owner of the house knew the hour the thief was coming, he would be watching, which is, makes sense, right? If you know someone's going to break into your house, you probably at least wake up at least the hour before and just kind of be ready. You know what? That's why I, don't, I think that Jesus has not shared with us the exact time he was, he's going to come back because he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to dialogue about his return and to be ready and prepared because if I knew the thief was coming in my house at midnight, then probably in the morning I'd be partying, doing whatever, you know, I would not be thinking about the thief. thief <laughs> sure, why not? Okay. And I would not be, I would not be watching and ready. Like I would be totally taken back if the thief came in the morning because I knew he was going to come at midnight. And so God and his wisdom has not told us the exact time of his return. We can know the season. We can know roughly, you know, what's, what's going on or about when he might return, but we don't know the exact time because he wants us to continually be prayerful, to be watchmen on the wall and to dialogue with him. It's all about relationship. Thank you so much, Caleb. You're doing great, buddy. That little two-year-old's hard to corral. So as we continue to talk about expecting the unexpected, what we're going to, over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to continue talking about the Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 narrative. It's all one sermon that Jesus gave. But you'll, you'll notice there's a theme I mean, there's a number of themes, but one of the important ones is as he shares the different stories of what's going to happen at the end of the age, just before he returns, he talks about Noah. 
he talks about the faithful and the unfaithful servant. And he talks about the wise and foolish virgins. And, and in the Noah story, we know that the flood was unexpected. That, that no one knew that was coming except Noah and his family. And then there's the, the story of the faithful and the unfaithful servant. That story is about being prepared for when, you know, when, what's it say here? Blessed is that servant uh, whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. So it's talking about this idea of being prepared uh, for this unexpected return of the master. And then there's the, the wise and the foolish virgins. They didn't know when the bright, you know, there was this delay. And so there was uncertainty and the expectations weren't exactly met. And, and so there's this theme that we have to continue to pay attention to as we look through these stories is the expectation is just different. There is this element of very few people know what's happening and there's a delay on, you know, what we would think of, of the timing of God, but it's the right timing. Um, and so I think these are things we have to talk about because, you know, I've been doing ministry for 20 years now. And I've known many people, our friends, who, you know, they're, I want revival and I'm going to go to a prayer meeting until revival comes. And, and, it's, and then after a few years, they kind of wear out and then just give up. Because they expected revival on their, their time. But, you know, we, we have to know that there's going to be delay. The bridegroom will delay not only in the ultimate eschatological return, his returning one day, but in many of the things he does and many of the promises he gives and many of the words he speaks to our heart Many of the scriptures that come alive to us, you know, we think when he says, I call you to be an evangelist, we're thinking it's the next day, but it may be 10 years. It, it, you know, we're thinking a big stadium is what I'm going to be. And he may be saying, you're an evangelist to your neighborhood. And so sometimes we just expect something that just wasn't what he was saying. And so we just, I think it's important just to begin as we uh, sense the Spirit highlighting the, 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 the things He's going to do in the future, it's almost like from the dream, he, He's been kind of pulling the church along, and then all of a sudden there's just going to be an upward jolt. And we don't know what that means. I think it could mean a number of things, but, but the, in the dream it was more like, like shock and fear, like what is happening? And there was a, like a, a sense of a loss of control. And I think the Lord is going to continue to challenge us and refine us and mature us. As he takes us higher, we're going to kind of feel less control and we're going to have to trust him more and let go of our fears. And he's going to, he's such a good pastor. He's such a good shepherd. He knows what he's doing. And so we trust him, but we don't say, here's the revival I want. You do it, Jesus. That will absolutely ruin us because he's going to go, nope, I'm God. You've been praying for revival. You got to sign up for the one I'm about to send. I'm going to use people you don't expect. Things are going to happen that you didn't expect. It's going to be, there's going to be glory. There's going to be difficulty. There's, there's going to be so many dynamics that no one has been thinking about and it will get messy and you'll have to learn how to clean up messes and we're going to have to learn how to do ministry uh, in a new way, because 
I mean, I keep going back to the things I'm studying just to fill my mind with what ifs. They had no grid for what God did at Azusa. No grid. Their their theology hadn't caught up to it because God wanted to teach them in the revival. And so no one was prepared. So they taught some things that, you know, obviously today we would go, I disagree with that. Um, But man, the spirit broke out and touched the whole earth and sent missionaries worldwide. And we're still feeling those reverberating effects. Um, But it was a it was a shock. And and so Mandy and I were setting our hearts and we want our, you know, anybody that would pay attention to us and (laughs) sister Renee and, you know, Facebook family, anybody on the recording, let's let's set our hearts right so that whatever God does, we're in. Whoever he's using, we honor and he's going to use thousands of people um, and the challenges that are happening we're going to figure out how do we minister right now. I mean, just think about, think about in Ukraine right now, just for one minute. I mean, here's a, there, there's a church there. There's people, there's a YWAM base there. There's people there contending for revival, believing for the best, and then Russia declares war against you and starts destroying your country. What do you, what do, you do? Well, well you, you still believe for revival, but the revival is going to look different. There's, you, you take the spirit into the war zone. You take the spirit with you. We know a brother right now who's over helping refugees uh, coming into Poland. And it's like, that's it right there. That's the response. It's like, we're going to have to take the anointing we have and the spirit of God we have, and we're going to go minister at the first aid station or help the people over here. I mean, it's just, there's so many shakings that are going to topple over so many things that we're going to have to figure out, you know, okay, this wasn't what we thought, but this is what we're called to. And we're going to build a house of prayer as the nations shake and as the spirit moves and it's got, we're going to build a house of prayer. I bet the house of prayer is going to look a lot different than in the years ahead. We're going to look back and go, we would have never imagined. I think that's kind of a prophetic thing right now. I think, you know, in the past eight years, things I could have never imagined the journey we've been on. And I think the next eight We'll look back and go, wow. You know, I just had this thought today that just as we've kind of done Easter, the death season happens before the resurrection season. And I just feel like there has been such a death season with COVID and, you know, so many things going on in the world, but there's a resurrection that will be a sudden just shift. I don't know when or how. I don't, I'm, not, I'm just saying my sense is that the Lord's leading this, and it's, but it's going to be a jolt. When, when there's that, you know, I'm calling it a resurrection season, when that fully hits, I think we're just going to be like, oh, my goodness. And I want to be praying into this for the next, you know, season of time. Like, how do we... You know, tell us a little more. He's never going to tell us the full picture because we'll never get that. But I want little pieces. Yeah. You have something else? Um, yeah, I just thought of something real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, just as Derek's talking too, I want to encourage all of us just that, yes, like the days ahead, there's going to be unexpected things that are going to happen. There's also going to be an unexpected outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last day, said God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And all my men servants and all my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I love that because I think that we don't know what's to come. Like, you know, as far as the book of Revelation, the the seals and the trumpets and the bulls, like we don't fully understand like the seriousness of what's to come, but we don't also understand the, the unexpected glory that is going to cover the earth. I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. We're going to be dreaming dreams, having visions. We're going to be prophesying. We're going to be hearing the voice of God like we've never heard it before. And just being able to go up to people that aren't believers and and speak the words of God and minister to them, it just be cuts the heart and salvations. I just I'm just believing for just a, you know, just that unexpected move of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that there's little outpourings here and there. And I'm just believing for the fullness of what God has in store for us. And who knows, like the prophet Joel said, who knows? I always say, who knows? Maybe God will move in Peoria in a way far beyond what we're thinking. Maybe Peoria will be one of the revival centers of the earth. And even if that's true, maybe it'll be far different than what we're thinking. And so, you know, we have to just be open and teachable to what God wants to do. You know, I think... um, when you first get in, you know, talking about awakening and revival, you kind of are thinking, well, just do that thing that happened 100 years ago. And, but we've been talking a lot about this. And 100 years ago at Azusa, when the Spirit was poured out, the main gift that was emphasized was the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so the speaking in tongues was a pre- prominent theme of that awakening. And and maybe there will be another type of worldwide revival, but a different gift is emphasized, or maybe all of them, or we don't know. Maybe, you know, the genuineness of revival, I mean, when you see the fruit of it, the, the, the missionary focus and the, you know, seeking the Lord, I mean, those are all signs of a healthy revival, but there's always going to be challenges within it, so we can't a lot of people, I'm saying that because a lot of people think of revival in a sanitized way and they don't think realistically. They think of power, but they don't think of all the difficulty that comes with all of that power. And, uh-oh, tried to answer the altar call. Go ahead. <laughs> and so we want to think soberly. We want to think rightly and soberly. We want to believe with faith, but there's so many... Uh, there's there's potential challenges to you know the that kind of prophetic or the other gifts manifesting i'm believing for it i'm going for it but we just we definitely have to have a realistic expectation how's he doing there okay well a few things to pray about we're going to probably conclude this real soon Again, this is going to be on our website. It's going to be on Facebook. It's, we're recording it as well. We just wanted to kind of get this off of our heart and out into the airwaves. Thank you so much, Caleb. But things we can begin to pray into, we'll start tonight, but we'll just be, you know, in the next 
days and weeks ahead. We want to have a right expectation. We want to set our heart to have the, not just what we want, God, but whatever you want. And, you know, I, again, I was remembering this today, but when, like, how Jesus was born, like, no one was expecting, really, like, the Virgin Mary, like, a miracle child, and, I mean, I was thinking, put myself in Joseph's shoes, Mary comes home, honey, I'm pregnant by a miracle, what, you know, no one expected that, and then just all of Jesus' life was, it was just mind-bending, and then after he died, you know, no one expected the, res- all of the disciples were discouraged and they didn't believe Mary and then they didn't believe the people on the road to Emmaus and then he appeared to them and it says he had to rebuke their hardness of heart uh, because they didn't believe what he said. I mean, he t- tried to tell them for three years and, and so there was just thing after thing after thing that they could not wrap their mind around. It was totally beyond their grid and the same Jesus is alive today. The real Jesus is doing something today, but it's going to be just as mind-bending. It's going to be, uh, obviously, it's here, but sometimes we don't see it. Like just, I mean, because here's the thing. We think we're different than the disciples. We think, well, they didn't get it, but I'm going to get it. Well, why do we think that? Because we, ha- we have a bad expectation. We got to set our heart to go, God and again, I'm going to qualify this. I don't mean we're so open that we are open to cultish things and we're open to new age and we're open to, you know, I don't know, weird stuff. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But we're into the Bible. We're into Jesus. We're into scripture, what the Bible says. But there's so much we don't know. And the God who never changes does new things. And so he throws curveballs to test our heart. He does things that we're just, we're thinking fastball every time. And all of a sudden, here comes the curve. Here comes the knuckleball. And so we're just, he keeps us on our toes to keep us seeking. And so expect the unexpected over the next weeks and months and years. Don't think in your heart, well, I know what God's going to do. It's going to be, you know, my church is going to be the revival and it's going to be me and it's going to be our denomination and it's going to be our Bible doctrine. And the Lord goes, oh, it's going to be so much bigger than me, my church, my ministry, my favorite doctrine, my denomination. It's going to be so big. It's going to be White, black, brown, male, female, old, young, every nation, every tribe. It's going to be so diverse. There's going to be so many expressions of power and revival. It's going to just blow the lid off of everything we've ever expected, just like it has been done in the Bible and throughout church history. And so we should not be those who scoff at what God does because we don't understand. We, we, we must set our hearts now to go, what's coming? Probably don't have a grid for. I know it's biblical. I feel like the Lord is saying, set your heart the right way. And let's do that. Let's pray into that. Let's pray for right expectations. Let's understand there's going to be delays in the timing of God. And let's have a, a, a preparedness. Let's start looking at these themes now so that we're not fearful. I remember one time, I don't share this dream often. I had a dream long, long ago. I think it was I was a teenager, my early 20s. It was a lifetime ago. And I remember I had this dream where I remember walking through airport, an airport, and I can't remember which one it was. And I just remember in the dream, I would literally just touch people and they go, boom, and they just go flying under the power of God. 
And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, what is this? And I just remember going, walking through and just going, and it just, it was like unbelievable power and glory released. And I've had all kinds of weird dreams like that, but, but you just kind of go, what if that happened? What if that, what if we all had the anointing to just go up to people and bless you and boom, the Lord hits them and they're delivered, they're saved, they're healed. And it's just boom, right then. Think of that happening at every church. Think of that happening throughout a region or a nation. And I think that's like the Lord says, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. But that can go to your head really quick. And so we'll have to fight to be humble. We'll have to fight to stay in a real Christian spirit and, you know, not be self-preferential. All these things. And here comes the altar call. (laughs) Sweetie, I'm going to give you the last word. All right, careful not to step on that. Okay, we're going we're gonna to hook up our... Hey, make sure he doesn't get the uh, computer there. Oh, heads up, Zeke, heads up. Thank you, Caleb. All right, Mom, I'm going to give you the last word, and then we're going to close out. Anything? And then we're going to pray. Yep. Oh. All right, just close this up. Kind of hard to focus when your little boy's crying, but how about you go ahead and pray? Right, pray, <laughs> and then we're going to get in a circle and pray together. Oh, nope, there he goes. <laughs> All right, he's going downstairs, so it's not so distracting. All right, so yes, and amen to everything that Derek shared. I think that we just need to um, pray through all things that he talked about right there. All right. But um, I think just... You know, like relinquishing control thing is, I think that's a a really big one too. Just like in the, in the car, the people were just, you know, going nicely, being pulled nicely along. And then all of a sudden, and I know that's when you um, have like a fear of being out of control or not being in control, then that, that's, that's really what fear is, is just like not, um, is, you know, not feeling like you are really in control. And so, like, I just remember the times in my life where I felt the most out of control was when I've given birth to my five children. And I know that the end of the age, the end times is described as, um, you know, as birth pains, as labor pains coming upon the earth. And I just, just, I just think that's interesting that, you know, there's this like this intensity that's happening, but you, but like when I was given, when I'm give birth, I like, I don't feel like I'm in control. And, but the only thing I can do is really trust God. And so that's at that po- at that moment, you're like, I, I can't control anything right now. Like all I can do is just trust you, Jesus, that I'm going to stay alive. My baby's going to be okay. And so that's really, we just need to trust Jesus. Like when we don't feel like we can control what's going on around the world, we have to just trust in him. We have to trust in his leadership and just, um, you know, just ask Jesus to help us. You know, when things go unexpected in our lives, we have so many points, we have so many options. We can choose to be offended or we can just choose to trust. And so we need to just cling to him every step of the way. And so I think to just being, um, 
being prepared also helps us overcome our fear. And so when we are prepared, when we know the word, when we know Jesus, that's going to really help us to overcome that. So I think that's another key thing to pray through is just asking God to help us to be prepared and to overcome any fear that we have and just ask him to, you know, just take, just relinquish any control that we have and just ask him to help us to truly trust in who he is and uh, what is to come. And then all the other prayer points that Derek shared. I hope you guys remember yeah, those. Let me just, let me just, yeah, we're we're going to have a quiz on this. No, I would just say, as, as the Lord led us to do House of Prayer, there's been all sorts of unique seasons. But for sure, the one thing I think we would agree on is just it's so out of our control all the time. Um, we never know, like, are the bills going to be paid? You know, and there's good months and there's bad months. But I feel like that was a real like oh how do we trust the lord every month you know and not you know for personally for ministry and then just like who's gonna come and you know throughout the years we've seen god come through in so many different ways he sent the right people at the right time the money at the right time and there's been delays so many times but i just i'm confident that there's going to be in the coming seasons god's gonna you know bring the right leaders bring the right people bring the right intercessors and the right finance and the technology and he's gonna do that for hundreds and thousands of churches and ministries and it's never the time we want but it's the right time it's it's god's time and so i just feel like he's already almost started to lead us that direction and uh, i feel like a lot more people are going to start feeling that way and so Pray for us, send us out, and then we'll, we'll close Facebook Live. Thank you for joining with us tonight, and bless you if you're hearing on, on Facebook or the recording, but Mandy, pray for us, and then we're going to get a, a group here in the, in the room. Yes. Jesus, we just come before you, God. I just thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your, just your encouragement over us, God. We thank you for your great love, and we thank you, Father, that you are a God that. Um, you cause things to happen. You shake things around us because you want our hearts. Lord, I just pray that you would help take the limits off our faith, that we would take you out of the box that we've constructed for you, and that you would just take that, um, take us higher, take our thoughts higher, that we would set our eyes on the things above and not on the things of the earth, that we would truly have a right understanding of what is to come that we would be prepared, that you would give us that oil of intimacy, Jesus. We want to be like those wise virgins. We want to have a history in God. We want to have a deep, intimate relationship with you, Father, so that when you come, we will be ready and we will come out to meet you with our lamps and with the oil in our lamps, God. We just pray that you would help us to be wise in this hour, that we would truly prioritize what you are wanting us to, and that is a, a relationship with you, Father. We pray that during the shakings of the earth, that our hearts would re- remain unoffended, that we would be um, just just fully um, trusting you in every situation of our lives, Father. We just, we just dedicate our lives to you, and we dedicate the future to you, Jesus. We don't know what is to come, but we know that you are a good Father, and your leadership over our lives is perfect. We just thank you for your return. We thank you that you are coming back, Jesus. And we ask that you'd help us to be ready, watchful, and prayerful. And that you would help us to keep running this race that you've called us to run with endurance to the very end. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.